With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recording for episode two of our podcast, which we still don't have a name. Yeah, for. I was just thinking about that. That uh, we should probably think, we should spend some time probably, on that. Yeah, we should probably. I think I called episode one "Dad Bod Two" because there's two of us. Yeah, maybe each episode should just be "Dad Bod yeah. One," "Dad Bod Two." There Who we knows? go. Yeah, there, there we, we go. go. It's something to think about. Anyways, we are in episode two here. We are going to talk about two episodes today. Um, in case we didn't say our names, I'm Nick, and this is Rob. Yep. So we got two episodes today. And even before we started talking, we or even before we started recording, first thought was we should probably record these uh, right after we watch the episode. Yeah, historically, what we've done, we've watched uh, one on a Saturday and then record the well with Emissary, I should say. Yeah. Uh, record the following Saturday, and we're, we're a little rusty. Yeah. Uh, Realized that, so I, I had an episode on in the background, uh, waiting for Nick to come over, yeah. and uh, so hopefully we're uh, we can bounce back nicely today. Yeah, hopefully so. We had fun last week. I, don't know. I uh, thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, uh, and, you know, I, the one thing, and this is what I liked about last week when we watched those episodes, is we kept looking at each other throughout the episodes like, holy crap, this is all still relevant today. Yeah. And now some of the stuff I don't really remember. But we, as we talk, we'll probably remember it a little bit better. Yeah, I, I, took, I took some notes there yeah. just because I wanted to not screw the pooch today. Yeah, so we should be good. We should yep. be good. So, yeah, we're going to dive into two episodes today. Uh and I don't know if we'll do that every week, though. Yeah, I, I guess think, it depends on the episodes. I think it all depends. I, I do. I think that it all depends. Like, you know, earlier episodes, like season one and two, for the bulk of them, that's mm. going to be pretty cookie cutter, cutter if I had to guess, if yeah. I had to remember correctly. Yeah. Maybe with the exception of, like, duet, when we get to that, that might be a full thing to itself. Right. Um, but I think two episodes, like Man Alone and Past Prologue, will be on the agenda, and then two episodes after this. Right. Right. I get that. I get that. Well, and you know, this week's episode, this week, uh, these two uh, episodes voted well to create in a one, I think, too. Yeah, I agree. Especially one of them. I thought one was definitely weaker than the other one, but we'll get into that as we go. Absolutely. So, uh, should we dive into it? Let's go. So, let's start off with Man Alone. Now, interesting facts about Man Alone. It was filmed first, but aired after past prologue reason being is because they thought past prologue was a better entry to follow up emissary which is really interesting because didn't we determine that the that was a weaker episode no past prologue is the one with it uh i can't think of his name now um ibadan uh ibadan's the second episode past yeah. prologue okay and then it's tunnelos 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 okay. is going to be in the next episode which okay. actually aired before this episode okay gotcha okay so they wanted a, a stronger episode to follow emissary 
Okay. All right. Which is why we start... What, so then what episode are we starting with? Man Alone. Man Alone. Which was filmed second, but aired first. Other way around. Filmed first, but aired second. Yes. All right. I think I got it now. That's all okay. right. Okay. Not right. important, just nerd facts for myself. But that's... But I thought that was the... Okay. Anyways, yeah, let's get... So we're going to talk about Man Alone then. Yep. Uh, I actually thought this was a weaker episode. Though. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, of the three that we watched, yes, yeah. the weaker of the three, the Emissary, Past Prologue, and I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think but, it was bad, but, like, I saw the drop in the production values, which, yeah. I mean, makes sense. You film a pilot, you want to put all your money into it. Well, rumor has it is that they, they, the cost for Emissary bled over into this episode. Mm, okay. All right. So. Yeah. Well, there was... Might have been a little bit early to do a murder mystery in a series. Especially because you don't know the characters that yeah. well. Yeah, um, especially if you're framing one of the characters for it. And you're still trying to, you're still trying to set up the atmosphere of Beat Space Nine and try to, you know, like you got to understand the players first before you dive into this whole murder mystery. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, I remember talking about this with you when we were starting to watch that episode, is the one thing I appreciated about the pilot uh, emissary was that um, the station was beat up and in bad shape and like I really appreciated that like they just trashed it but then already in this episode it's like nothing had ever happened but then in the next episode they mentioned how they're still having issues with the docking pylons. with the docking pylons yeah so maybe the the livable area is looking all right but right. the more stuff out of sight is still torn to shreds yeah so the thing's making them money, right? Like your livable areas, the, yep. yeah. Because the whole thing is that wormholes, the access to the gamma quadrant, that's that's the, the commerce area. So right. obviously they focus on making that as appealing as possible and maybe everything's still gone to shit right. on the other end. Are we allowed to swear? I think we're we doing that. Okay. I don't know. I guess we're. Uh, okay. I guess it's cool. I don't. Are we planning on showing this to ten year olds? Uh, I don't plan on it. Unless I don't know. Nerd kids are cool, man. I'm, nerd I'm with kids them. Are cool. I was yeah. that guy watching this episode actually. Yeah, probably when first aired. First yeah. aired. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my theory on it. Is why the promenade looks so good. The bridge lo- or ops looks so good is because yeah. that's where they needed it to look good. And in the next episode, it had said how they have issues with upper pylons and. So my theory is is that the rest of the station doesn't look this good. Okay. Well, maybe that's the case. I just, you know, that's the only thing that I've always struggled with in Star Trek series is how quickly they recover from big... Well, humans are perfect. I know, They exactly. can fix that stuff quickly. And, it just, it, and they have replicators, which allows them to to rebuild quicker, too. I get yeah. that. But And they probably brought in a bunch of staff from the Federation and from Bajor to, to clean it up faster. Right. Well, and you know the Federation is now pouring money into Deep Space Nine. Yeah, you know Picard had that stuff situated when he came back on yeah. the Enterprise. Well, but you know, like it's <laughs> like it's one thing before when they were when there was no wormhole, but now there's a wormhole, and they realize the potential of this. It's a lot more appealing. Which is interesting because here's the Federation who doesn't care about commerce or doesn't. I mean, I don't know if they don't care about commerce, They've but got to have something out there. Like they all say they don't have money. Maybe Earth doesn't have any money, but the Federation. In order to operate with other entities, such as the Klingons, the Ferengi, right. you need to have some kind of revenue stream. Right. It can't yeah. be just the exploratory things of, every, of everything. Well, that's okay. That's another good point, actually. I quickly want to talk about that because the Federation doesn't, or the humans have evolved past the point of needing money. You pursue what you want to pursue for happiness and happiness alone, right? Yeah. So do you think there's actually people who are like, oh, I'm just going to be. Um, a guy who, you know, cleans out uh, 
whatchamacallit, uh, the giant tanks in the ground that fill of poop. Oh, gosh. Sanitation type stuff? Yeah. I mean, like, how do they do that? Like, are there people who are like, this is what I enjoy doing? Or maybe they're just like, hey, you do this. This is what we need. And people are just going, oh, if that's what we need, that's what I'll do. You think maybe they, we, okay. Maybe we evolved to that point where Past the need the point is there. the selfishness. Yeah, for... the need is there, so that's what they'll do. That's interesting. Maybe they didn't feel the need, like the, the drawing to, you know, starship life, and they got, and that's what they felt the need was. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to be the captain of the Enterprise, but you can clean up crap. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. We've advanced that far. I don't know. Uh, that's just an interesting thought. And then also, if you're a part of the Federation, does this mean all the species believe in that? Because, like, the Vulcans, I don't think that would be logical for them to not get paid for their work. But in the long run, is it logical to seek money for your driving force? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I tell everybody, money's not the driving force. I just need it to, to live. Work to live or live yeah, to work kind yeah, of a thing, exactly, right? Man. Yeah, exactly. I don't... If I, if I start pursuing money and money and money and money, I'm like, I, I will be unhappy. Well, and there's no such thing as enough, right? Yeah. You know, I think about the first couple of years I was married. We made, like, ten grand a year, and we found a way to get by. Now we're making substantially more than that, and it still feels like we don't really Bola. necessarily have... Yeah. It doesn't feel like we have that much more money than that. No. Because a, you fill it with... More money, more problems. Exactly. You fill it with crap. Yeah, exactly. Like motorcycles and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And and podcasting equipment. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no big deal. I'll spend $100 for a microphone. This started as just, hey, let's do this for fun. And all of a sudden, we got mics, we got programs. And... I know. We got a nice setup. The garage is getting better, actually, everyone. Last week, we uh, barely could fit in the garage. Now we got, like, sound dampening... Last week, like it was like 40 degrees, and this week, it's 75. It's it cold. The great state of Michigan, everybody, is bipolar as they get. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, no. so anyways, we yeah, I, we we have gone off on tangents. I apologize for that. That's probably going to happen. It just doesn't make sense. Like, the, the whole money thing, I still struggle with that, that they've advanced beyond the point of money, because I guess... To, because Maybe it's the desire to pursue obsess about money. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, if you're the Federate, like, okay, let's say you're on Deep Space Nine, and you have uh, Quark running this casino, are the Federation members really going to gamble? Because what is, what's in it for them? Well, in the society, that I, I imagine they're, they're allotted some kind of spending money mm -hmm. to fit in and, and fit yeah. in with the culture. Yeah. Uh, but I think, like, on a starship, it has no purpose. Yeah. Uh, I think, like, on Earth, it probably has no purpose. Right. But when you get out to Frenginar, it's got a purpose. Right. The, the Klingons want weapons so that they, that they probably have some kind of money. Even the Duras sisters, later in, a, in next episode, seek money. Right. Because they want to rebuild their empire. So the money thing is confusing. I just try not to overthink it. Because yeah. you'll go down the wormhole and just obsess. Get lost. Yeah. yeah okay. All wormhole. Right. None pun intended. Wormhole. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, all right. So, a brief synopsis of a few things going on in this episode. So, uh, we remember Odo is framed for a murder, or does a murder. Heiko <laughs> considers starting at school. We got Dax and Cisco getting reunited while Bashir's thinking they're trying to hook up. Mm -hmm. And Odo and Quark's relationship starts to uh, get established as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the one that. Um... I had forgot about until you mentioned it was the relationship between Odo and Quark. More specifically, um, Quark defending Odo to the group that group that was it's a love hate relationship going after him. Right? Yeah. They're like, hey, look, like I don't like the guy either, but he's not a killer. Right. Um, 
it's interesting because would people act like that now, right? Oh. Like, let's say you really dislike someone. If someone comes out against a politician you really dislike, Donald Trump or Joe Biden, and says they murdered someone, and you're adamantly on the other side, are you going to leap to defend them? Or are you going to be like, oh, it's probably possible? So here's the, here's the thing, and, and if we're going to... Politics is a great example because we're going to dive into it just a little bit because I kind of have to at this point because mm-hmm. you mentioned it. Like, so Donald Trump is a scumbag, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same point, he gets a lot of stuff gets put on him. It's not necessarily his fault or what. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same thing with Biden and Obama and Reagan and all those guys. It's yeah. just, I have a problem when people are misrepresented, no matter how much of a scumbag they might be. Right. And just go, that's, that's not factual. Slow down. Right. Here, here are the facts. So right. it's, I will always fight that battle because yeah. I, I, I believe in, in people knowing all the information. Teach my children. Know all the information. Educate right. yourself. Right. Don't hate one side because you're told to decide why you want to not like that or this or that or this. Yeah. Well, I guess it's probably part of that, the boy who cried wolf, right? You yeah. constantly say someone is something. After a while, people are going to stop listening to you. Because, yep. look, you haven't proved it. We don't know. Maybe the same thing with Odo. Look, I don't like the guy, but, like, if you start accusing him of a murder, like, all the yeah. crappy stuff he does do, then... And maybe Court just wants to, to beat him. That he doesn't want to have someone else beat him. He wants to beat Odo. Uh, beat him Odo. fair and square. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you that know, make sense, yeah. I was reading something on this episode and, and from the production notes and that originally it wasn't planned to have Odo and Quark have this kind of relationship, but the rapport in the episode Emissary led the writers to go, hey, we got magic here. Yeah. Which I thought was cool, like a kind of cool uh, progression of things. Well, it's kind of like, um, in a lot of ways, it's similar to the relationship between Batman and the Joker, right? They're two sides of the same coin. They're extremes. But they're really kind of the same sort of character in a lot of sense, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, not exactly. I mean... Batman doesn't believe in killing. Joker only believes in killing. Right. <laughs> there you go. Hey, right? Um, you know, they're just... You know, and that's the one thing the, the comics always do with Batman and the Joker, showing they're really ex- pretty much the same person. They've just chosen to embrace different... Yeah. Um, and I think in a lot of senses, Odo and Quark, maybe that's where their banter comes from. At least so far. I don't yeah. know. We'll see as a series of all. One of the benefits, like I have a little bit more memory of the of the series. You watched last time you watched is nineteen ninety three. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. we'll see. And when you watch it as a ten year old versus a thirty seven year old, you're going to get a different. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that I'm hoping. Let's just kind of refresh everybody. I love this series. Nick doesn't, from what he remembers, does not. Not care uh, for it, yeah. So we are. I'm hoping he comes along to my side, and and there we go. You're Recap hoping. real quick. We'll see what happens. We'll yep. see what happens. And now, so we do have the episode playing in the background, and right now is just a scene where um, Jake and uh, Nog were playing around, and then it immediately goes into Bashir um, chasing after Jedzia, Dax. Um, so it seems like this is an episode, yes, it's a murder episode, but it's an episode very heavy on relationships, right? Yeah, well, you're trying to build Relational characters. dynamics. Yeah, trying to build characters. You know, uh-huh. Bashir comes off as immature. Dax is old and wise. Mm-hmm. Interesting about this episode, this whole thing she's talking about is the Trills don't really pursue relationships like humans do or like other species do because they're they're just it's a nuisance to them. Right. Uh, but as as I know later in the series, she kind of goes. They kind of go away from that. Yeah. Uh, and by kind, I mean they do. Uh, yeah. So 
but which that, is addressed later. That could be a part about character evolution, right? Absolutely. I mean, you need that. They grow. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. I mean, I would get it from the from the perspective of a trail. You live basically hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, relationships, and then you're going to witness everyone you love die, so why entangle yourself in yep. those things? So you, we were talking about last time when... Um, what a punk move for them to move Cisco to this station, single dad with a kid. Mm-hmm. Miles and Keiko arguing about their assignment. Yeah, that's a, that's a good segue into that, right? Because, I mean, the first episode you hear Jake complaining a lot about living on Deep Space Nine and not having anything to do. And he, Jake's supposed to be, what, 13 years old? I'd think? say it's around there somewhere. Somewhere in that age. Yeah. And then their little kid, uh, Keiko and uh, O'Brien. Molly. Molly, she's like four or five. Yeah, yeah. It's younger. Anyways, so she's fine because she's a four or five-year-old. She's like, yay. But here's Keiko, miserable on the station, right? No purpose. No purpose because on the Enterprise, she was something entirely different. Botanist. She's a botanist. Um, And now she can't do that, which, okay. So here's, I appreciate what they did with her storyline, but here's what I don't understand about it. If you're a botanist, and O'Brien argued this for her, we just opened up the Delta Quadrant. There's so many species now. Yeah, that, that her and argument And she's of, just like, well, who cares? Yeah, her argument of, I don't want favors from you, was really weak. But they... Interesting, it's another way to segue to where we are currently in this lovely year of 2020, is she was saying how, you know, I don't want favors from you, and then she needed to find her own purpose, and that's what the writers needed to do for Right. And opening the school, and Jake was virtual school. I know, right? What was her comment that she made? Like, we can't have these kids sitting in front of a computer. All day long. All day long. Jake, aren't you tired? Don't you miss school? And he's like, no, yes. Yes. No, yes. Yeah. 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 So I thought it was... what a time to rewatch this episode. <laughs> that was one of those moments where we looked at each other and laughed, right? Yeah. Because that's very true. Yeah. Virtual school is not fun for us. You know, no, my, it's not. You know, no. Not fun for anyone. No. So yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, Kate, the whole Keiko thing, you're right. It was kind of a weak argument because they have planets and planets and ships. Right. And going over there. And here's Bajor, which hasn't had any Federation presence or anything, so she can go and Not look that at far all, away. Yeah, all the fauna there. So... It was a little bit of a weak argument, It's a, but it was a way that they could have her character become more relevant in the series, I guess, right? Because right. now she's more involved in these kids' lives. And, yep. Uh, it's just, it's fascinating. It's like, you could open a school. She has no experience, nothing. She's just going to do it. Yeah. I, it's just, I find her in this series, I find Keiko wears on me a little bit yeah. in this series. Just because they didn't, they didn't know what to do with the character. They had no yeah. idea. And, yeah. and it's it's the fault of the writers in the long run. Yeah. She came across as quite whiny in this episode to me. But Yep. But trying to start a school, then she she played Rom well to get to get Noggin in the school. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was a good that was a good way of looking at it. Yeah. She, she basically said, hey, I can teach a kid other cultures so I can manipulate them. Yeah. And Rom's like, that's a good idea. That's a great idea, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is interesting because the, the Ferengi culture does not respect or value women. Right? Nope, not at all. They, the women have to stand around naked. Exactly, right. Um, but he's totally okay with with a woman teaching his kid. What you what he did say he wasn't okay. He's like, you're a woman. You're a female is what he said. Yeah, yeah. What can you teach my kid? Right. It's just fascinating. It tells you what the Frankie value more than 
than anything else is the money, right? Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll forsake everything else for money. We're, earlier we were just talking about how Federation is. I'll forsake money for everything else. It's interesting because uh, I think the way the writers did it is the Ferengi rep- represent us as humans now. Yeah. Oh, that's depressing. Isn't actually. it? Think it about is, it. It really is, actually. It's pretty accurate. It is. Even the way they feel about women, right? How many yeah. men kind of feel that way about women? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, it's depressing. <laughs> I got you. Sadly true. <laughs> yeah. Um. Twenty six hours in a day, at Pedro. Twenty six hours in a day. They mentioned that in this episode where it's just twenty six hours. In, it's actually twenty six hours in a day. So then, okay. So then, if you're at the start, if if you're at Deep Space Nine, do you follow? Yeah. They said they on, on the station they follow the twenty six hour day. So rotation. then, start dates don't work. See, we're gonna get in the weeds there on that. See, that's that's the thing that always drives. So I know they 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 kind of added these star dates because well, Vulcans will have a different time and humans like everyone is gonna have their different understanding of time based around they're, how they revolve around the sun and how yep. how quick their planet goes. Slow down with your science. I know. How <laughs> dare you? But like, it really throws in the qu- like, you can't use star dates anymore because if you're gonna follow Bajor's twenty six hour day. I don't know. Maybe it's, the station follows the day, but they they still have their their chronometers set to Federation. T- I it's I, it's confusing. It, I guess it's no different than if you were serving on like a like a aircraft carrier and you have the global clock that yep. says in New York it's this time or whatever it's yeah. this time. Or we're on the West Coast mm-hmm. versus where we are now, where it's four hours behind us or whatever. So yeah, I guess that makes a little bit of sense. But the one thing where it doesn't so. The time is still static, right? In the sense that it's always going to be four hours ahead in California, yeah, in, in Detroit compared to L.A. That two hours adds up. That two hours adds up. Yeah, so after yeah. you know, after a while, oh, it's interesting Star Trek stuff. It's kind of like that idea of what the difference between Star Trek and Star Wars is. Star Trek relies way more on science than Star Wars does. But then when you start nitpicking some things, you go, oh, wait. You can nitpick everything all I know day you long. can. I know you can. All day long. I'm just uh, I'm just the hater sometimes. With that well, yeah. You've got you to gotta suspend disbelief. You yeah. really do. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You do. All right. Really but do. Enough about the time. I get that. Yep. I just, interesting rabbit hole. Then, uh, so we have the murder, the framing of the murder. And uh, that was an interesting choice, the second episode, to focus on Odo so strongly. Oh, it's not being you know, a big piece of things, mm-hmm. it, it, but the murder thing—it was somewhat clever. Yeah, yeah. The guy cloned himself and and killed himself in order to frame Odo because he hated Odo that much. Yeah, he hated Odo that much for putting him in jail, uh-huh. uh, for killing a Cardassian, a Cardi. Yeah, and and what this episode does within that actually, you know, reestablishes that uh, O'Brien is not the biggest Cardassian fan. It establishes that Odin and and um, Major Kira yeah. are friends, and, right? And they had that built-in relationship. Right. It, uh, it establishes that Odin doesn't necessarily care for the Federation mm-hmm. and their policies. Mm-hmm. So it does things within it that, that that's all building world built that real world built right world building yeah. Um, you know what that just made me think about is the hypocrisy of Cisco. Because there's a, a point where O'Brien is talking with Cisco about, do you know what happens with uh, prisoners of war with the Cardassians? Like, they basically kill them or torture them. Yeah. They, they treat them like garbage, right? 
And Cisco's telling him to hold up. Maybe they're not all like that. Let's be cool about this. Let's not go all in on that. Yet in the first episode, he's totally against Jean-Luc Picard and well, maybe hates everything he represents. When he found out he existed at that moment in time, uh, maybe, maybe he changed. that's what his evolution came to. His, yeah, his higher Starfleet thing kicked in. It's like, you know, I was wrong, bro. Yeah, that's a good point. That yeah. could be a character evolution thing. Absolute, absolution. It's yeah. very possible. That's um, very possible. Um, one of the things that early in the episode at five minutes and six seconds. Oh, ooh, I know. I very wrote, specific. Like that? Yeah. Uh, I cracked up when Odo was talking to Quark. And he's talking about his lack of understanding for the need for coupling. Mm. And which we know later on. Not an issue at all. Yeah. He understands it. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> his breakdown of it made me laugh. So it's all made of compromises. Uh, you want to watch a sports tournament, she wants to listen to music. So you compromise, you listen to music. You like <laughs> earth jazz, she likes Klingon opera. So you compromise, you listen out to Klingon opera. <laughs> uh, you go, so you go into a day hoping to watch a, na- a nice football game, and all of a sudden you're watching, you're listening to Klingon opera. Yeah. It cracked me up so much because there's a lot of truth in that. It's a lot of truth. Uh, so yeah. Hopefully my wife's not listening. Uh, I can pretty much guarantee she won't be listening. She'll be making fun of it, make it through five minutes and go, nah, it's not yeah, for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, or saying, I hate you. Uh, even this podcast is a way of compromise, right? You yeah. go you go nerd out in, in the garage, and we'll, we'll just do our own thing, compromise. Yeah, exactly. Not gonna actually... you, you go ahead and ride your bikes. Yeah. Exercise. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that you liked from last episode, which I don't know if you remember from last week, is Odo's quote about, Laws changing depending on who is writing the laws. Oh my gosh, that was the one thing in that episode that really st- stuck to me, right? Yep. The laws changing and then uh, just, some justice. Justice is justice. Justice is justice, right? Laws yep. change depending on who's in charge. and ju- But justice is always justice. And is that so? Is that true? Is that relevant to today? I mean, yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. We, uh,. Yeah, that, uh, you know, history's written by the victors. Yeah. That whole thing. So, it had some good quotes in it. it had some good ideas. That was, I can't believe I forgot that quote. That was the one thing in the episode that really stuck with me, actually. And a, that was at uh, 1206. 12 you know. Wow. You, like, went and rewatched the episode, eh? Well, I was in here uh, getting the garage organized, and I happened to be paying attention. I'm like, oh, crap, that's a good line. Rewind. <laughs> and then write it down. Write that down. Yeah. I lo- that is such a good line, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually a line that kind of guides the series a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, you're right, because it was, was Cardassian. That changes. Yeah. He, he was dealing with the Cardassians. Yeah. The Bajoran slash Federation... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Combo. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But that quote comes into play in the next episode. Yeah, you're right. It really does. Yeah. So, it kind of ties. Oh. So, yeah. maybe that's maybe that's another reason why they decided to bump move the episodes around, too. They figured this one was a better follow-up, but also maybe this episode would tie into the next. No. Yeah. And some of the character building. I don't uh, know. That's some it. of the scenes in this one. 
Didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. That's fine. Everyone does. Yeah, good. Yeah. I was ignoring you anyway. Um, <laughs> I, uh, some of this seems it's very choppy. The way it was done is the editing, the editing was, off. was weird. Like they spent like three second scenes with them going to ops and then all of a sudden they saw Jake for three seconds and mm-hmm. then it was just, it had a weird flow to it. Yeah. It's probably like all the other Star Trek series, right? Where it takes a couple seasons to find their feel and their flow and maybe that was a big part of it in terms of the cinematography too like yeah. what do we want to be slow and steady cam shots do we want to chop between shots and yeah. how exactly do we want to do this so yeah. that's true, a true. really interesting thing um, you know that may actually and I hate to do this but like I actually read something the other day about because uh, you, you sent me uh, the link about Kate Mulgrew returning uh, as Captain Janeway. But it was for a cartoon, so it's okay. Yeah. So that made me go down a rabbit hole, and then I found an article about what is probably one of my favorite Star Trek episodes of all time, which was was from Voyager, was The Year of Hell. And I think I mentioned that in the first week. Yeah. Right? The two-part episode, Year of Hell, where basically by the end of the... the it's basically a time travel episode where there's a Kretom warship that can travel through time, and they're trying to change the history so their empire's on the top or whatever. And the Federation's going through, or Voyager is going through their space and just gets absolutely clobbered and destroyed. And characters die and the ship gets beat up. And finally, at the end of the, the episode, the two-parter, they just blow up the ship and it resets time. But apparently, it was originally supposed to be a year-long arc. Yeah, Brandon Briga uh, posed that. And, that, that, would, that and was... he fought for it, but the one producer is like, no, we can't do that. Because we because Voyager was supposed to be the counter to Deep Space Nine. Right. When they released it. To go back to episodic or sodic uh, formulas as opposed to series, uh, season-long arcs. But at the end of it, they still were reset it all. Right. Which would have been great. Um, it, it's a shame, though, because that, that would have been a great thing. And this is something that Deep Space Nine masters well, right? They have payoffs that go over the course of the whole series. You don't even know. Yeah, you I know, know. I don't even know, but I mean, I know, but I don't know. Yeah, like it's you know that's the one thing it's praised about is how how it does that. So. Yeah, uh, but other than that, this episode, I mean, Nog and Jake, they last through the whole series of friendship. friendship. Yeah, which yep. is which is great. And, yeah, and it, you could I love seeing where Nog starts versus where he ends up. Yeah, uh, which is a great story. Which that actor passed away, right? Yeah, he, he died last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before the before the year of the Corona. Gosh, that's uh, crazy. And then oh, Renee Abagirwa too. Yep, yep. Oh, wow, that that's weird. Two two cast members. I think more cast members from the original series are still alive. Really, let's see who's passed away in that series. They started to go because Nimoy died. McCoy, N- Nimoy. Oh, and James Duhan. Duhan died. Three of them are yeah have passed away, but, but they, that's it. They hung on a long time. They're all still kicking. Yep. And then what's his Shatner's like ninety. Yeah, Shatner's gonna live forever. Gosh, the dude looks the same now as he did when he was seventy, which I think is more of an indictment of him at seventy. Yeah, he's he looks like he did in Boston Legal when that yeah. was on. Yeah, he's about the same. Yeah. yeah. Good for him. Anyways. Yeah. Uh anything else popping in this episode you can think about? Or no. should we move on to the next one? I think we move on to past prologue. Let's move on. This one I really liked. Yeah, it was good. I think this one, it wasn't choppy. No, not at all. I had a very uh, good flow. The production failures felt better. The story was better. I really, like, I know now that I, I've talked about, we talked about that Odo quote and how that ties into this episode well, but I still feel like this episode would have been a better uh, second episode to air. 
they did air this one second. It was produced third. Ah, now it all makes sense. Okay, so they did air this one too. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. But on the uh, on the DVDs, it says number three. Exactly. We're actually in the garage watching the DVDs because I can't get my Wi-Fi signal out here. Yeah. So we're not doing the Netflix or, or the Hulu's. It's, yeah. it's straight up DVD old school. Okay. All right. So now this makes more sense. I was trying to make sense of that. Like, wait, hold on. Where did... So it was just and the, the airing order. the first few times I read it, I got myself confused. I understand you getting confused. Yeah. Just bringing it up to you. doesn't take much. No. doesn't take much. So in this episode, we got this Tonalos guy who, who was part of a Bajoran militia terrorist the Kuma, the kuma Kalma, Kal- whatever whatever Kalma, yeah um and he's fleeing the cardassians and asked for immunity on the station essentially right. saying he's changed his ways the yep. time for killing is over and kira's like cool yeah so they, they go through the episode trying to see if he's good mm-hmm. and then in the very first part of the episode a very important person is introduced Who's that? Garrick. Garrick. Okay, yes. Garrick is the best character in all of Star Trek ever. I see. Uh, that's... Uh, I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll see. Don't get me wrong. That's probably a ballsy statement, and I might change my mind, but yeah. at, right now, I think about Garrick as a, as a secondary character, and yeah. how Andrew Robinson played that guy phenomenal and he looks just like garrick yeah 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 and the this uh beginning another guy that lasts the entire series yeah as a b character and it was like garrick is awesome the way he plays garrick is just phenomenal so i do wonder if he was a character where initially he was supposed to kind of not be important but he was so well received that they decided to increase that would, his role. That would be my guess. My guess is a lot of these beat characters is like they like that guy was good. Or the, it's the like writer said, "I want to write for that guy." Yeah, it's like the same thing with the janitor from Scrubs, right? Oh yeah, where yeah. he was originally just supposed to drop. He was supposed to be a figment of his imagination at one point. So go on a fake doctor's real friends podcast real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, they did an episode where they mentioned Cisco, the Captain Cisco. Did they? At, well, yeah, Donald Faye is on it, and I was like. I think Faison knows about Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, all right. Yeah. So uh, Zach Braff, uh, Donald Faison, we'll take a mug. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. Interesting. I just read this recently, and it was before we actually started talking about this. So where Garrick comes in and introduces himself to, to uh, Bashir, Andrew Robinson believed that it was intentions towards Bashir was purely sexual. He wanted a romantic, like, an encounter with Bashir. All right, all right. At, at least partially, like, the, he came in there. When I first watched the episode, and when I watched the episode, you know, from life on, it's just, he wanted in with someone in the Federation because he was the lone Cardassian. He was... Right. He wanted someone else he could manipulate. But I read that from Andrew Roberts, who played the character, who actually wrote a book about Garrick. Yeah. That maybe there's some validity to that. That it, and it does when you watch it now in past prologue, it does uh, come off more. It comes off like watching. Maybe I'm looking in too much into it now. Uh, you know, now that I'm thinking back to their initial exchange, how he did come on pretty strong to him, and uh, I could see that. And it would make sense because Deep Space Nine tended to be a pretty progressive series in, in what it represented o- over all the other Star Treks, I think. Yeah, so I read that. And I, I 
never would have crossed my mind, but you know that, that was the actor of it saying it, and and he he said he played it that way even back then in 1993, which is a lot more taboo than it is now, right now. No one would care now. Yeah. Well, I mean, people would care, unfortunately, but um, well, that's a really interesting thing, and it makes more sense because the initial interaction he has with them isn't because something with like. The, he didn't know the Duras twins were coming at that point. I don't believe so, no. So he was just, there. it was just a normal interaction at See, first. See, I always looked at, there was a young Federation officer, mm-hmm. part of the quote-unquote bridge crew, mm-hmm. and he knew he was going to want to manipulate people in the future. He knew he was going to want something from these people. He wanted somebody he could kind of put under his foot. Yeah. Which I think there's a lot of that to this. But, I mean, you watch it now, which we, we just put the episode on in the background, it, uh, especially later in the cold open. Yeah. It, okay. I, maybe that is the case. Maybe I don't know. that's the case, yeah. And if Andrew Robinson thought he was playing it that way back then, that's... Well, if that's how he thought he was playing it, I mean, it's going to bleed through in his performance, right? Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know that's, what? Yeah. So one thing about this episode, and, and this might be a nitpick for me, that, that when we were watching it last week, the music seemed overbearing. Yeah? Yeah, like the music, because so in the last episode was the editing. This episode, the, the the stale Star Trek music just felt overbearing. I didn't and, listen to it that much. I pick up music. I normally is, do. Music yeah. is huge for me. Like yeah. music soundtracks, like I... Yeah. Live by music like the first time when I saw Man of Steel, I walked away from the movie. Oh, I said, I said that score was amazing. Oh yeah, his I, first flight. Oh, he's getting ready. oh, that one alone. I could listen to that soundtrack all day long. Oh. We're big nerds. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Just, we are big nerds. Yeah, if our wives would have heard that, oh, that might be divorced. Oh, I, I, because the Man of Steel soundtrack came out before the movie, and it's so good. And I got the soundtrack right away, and I was obsessed with it. Hans Zimmer was. Perfect on that. Yeah, the, the the track title "What Are You Gonna Do When You're Not Saving the Earth" mm-hmm. is perfection. Mm-hmm. Perfection. Yeah. So yeah, the yeah. The, Anyways, let's see where we're going. But the music, like you're in later in the episode where she's in the runabout and and all that stuff. The music just seems so overbearing. Just not. It didn't match really what was going on. It it, it was anticlimactic. Okay. Th- that and. and I don't remember if it was like that on Next Generation. I don't remember if it's like that later in the series. But in this episode watching, I go, this music just seems tacky. And it's it's taking away from what's going on yeah. for me. Yeah. I got less involved in, in the story because, man, that music is just awful. Right. Uh, so I don't know if it's like that the rest of the series. Couldn't tell you. Right now. I get that, though. I get that. I can yeah. understand that. Huh. Nitpick. Yeah, I you know I I don't know why I just didn't focus much on the music this episode. Maybe it's because I'm trying to, like I was spending a lot of my time staring at the cinematography and looking at the sets, and I was embrace I was in that world for this episode. Right. This uh this is the episode where everybody was close talking, right? Yes. Yeah. They were right on top of each other. Yeah. Like like I know it's filmed in four by three. Yeah. So for your for you youngins. Uh, TVs used to be square shaped, hmm. and so they used to. I, I, maybe that's why, but it, it felt like that was overkill too. Where characters were two inches away from each other's face, and they didn't need to be on that screen. Right. And 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 you know, Corona man, back off. Yeah, yeah. Which so here's what's interesting though. Um, on Netflix, it's still in four three. On your DVDs, it's sixteen nine. 
Well, what I did is I made it sixteen ninety. You did the stretch. Yeah, you, on could, the you TV? could see it stretched. Okay, well that makes a little more sense. I take back what I said. Yeah, yeah. I was watching. I think we were watching uh, Next Generation downstairs for a second with my daughter. We just moved her into our basement, and I had it on the background to hook up the sound. Yeah. And that's picture quality downstairs. Not so much if you played on a high res TV. That's for no, sure. No, exactly. I didn't they do a remaster of Next Generation? Okay. Not of the other series yet. Right, because it wasn't profitable enough for them. Yeah, they got to so, make money. I get that. Like, yeah. Because it takes a lot of work to remaster it these bummers things. Me, bums, bums me out because later in this show, there's so many things that you could remaster and make look beautiful. Right. Especially if you put in 16 by 9, man. Yeah, it doesn't take... Well, now with the, compu with the computer software, you can just put it in and it automatically... Which I've heard of. And then some fans have done that. On YouTube, you could find some high-res yep. stuff. Yeah. Get the hiccup, excuse me. How about the uh, return of Lursa and Bedor? Oh, oh, the Cleons. The Dura sisters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's So here's what's also fascinating about it. Uh, I don't know if I talked about this last week, but one of the reasons where I've knocked the new, the newer series of Star Trek, uh, particularly Discovery and then Enterprise did this, is I felt like they hypersexualized characters, right? I agree. It always happened now. Like, the more I look back, it always, like, the Duras twins, it's like they intentionally Beers. showed a lot of Cleon boobs. Beers. Um, so, well, like, they intentionally they... put Kira in, in the cat suit. They, like, they know what they're doing. See, I don't think Kira was in a cat suit, though. Like, if you look at Seven of Nine versus Kira, Seven of Nine was in a cat suit. There's yes. no way shape it butts around that. Yeah. Uh, what's the one from Enterprise? T'Pol? T'Pol was. Yeah, she was definitely like, and that whole detox scene with the gel. Come on with that. I know. Crap. I just thought, yeah, and but but same thing with uh, Deanna Troy. Oh, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, the the old. She did. Um, you go back. They to put the her in a uniform later, though. They did. They did. And you go back to the original Enterprise series, of course there was women in skirts, no, but there the was 60s. men in skirts too. That was the 60s. Yeah, well, I mean, that, so that makes a little... But to go with that point is it's always been a sexualized series to an extent. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, Gene Roddenberry is, you know, isn't the rumor out there that him and Major Barrett, was that was an affair? Oh, I don't know. I had never heard that one. Uh, it's hearsay. I don't want to say that's true because yeah. I don't know my facts on that one. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the, the rumor was is he had womanizing problems. Okay. So that would bleed over into the series. And of course the 60s. I mean, it was a revolution back then. You do then. what you're going to do. Yeah, you're going to yeah. do what you do. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things I admired, uh, anytime a TV show or a movie can do an episode or a movie where there's not ha where there doesn't have to be a relationship, Yeah. I admire that because it's hard to write that. Yes. I've tried, you know, to write my own little things without relationships, and it's hard. Yeah. It's incredibly hard. Very much so. Which is why Next Generation, while why they had the kind of like the the Imzadi thing and the the will they won't they with Picard and uh, Crusher. Crusher, yeah. There wasn't that overlying thing. One of the things I get disappointed with Deep Space Nine is they really started to do that a lot. Yeah. And Next Generation didn't need that. Right. And I don't think DS Nine did in the long run. Did it help some things? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think they needed to do as much as they did. Yeah, but I mean, part of the difference between Deep Space Nine and Next Generation is the Next Generation was a crew. They were a military crew that was with each other, right? They're not military. They're not military, <laughs> but like, I mean, they kind of were, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Uh, 
where Deep Space Nine, it's this group of people from different cultures and different experiences and lives, you know, thrust together uh, right. on this yeah, foreign station. <laughs> on this foreign station, right? Yep. So there's, you know, when you're in a area that's discomfort, you seek comfort. Or right. when you're in an uncomfortable area, you seek comfort. So they're in a space station they don't recognize with cultures they don't recognize. You lean on relationships. So to me, it almost makes sense more that couples became such an important part of this series. Okay. All right. Yeah. How about in this episode and last episode, Cisco, I almost called him Picard. I almost slipped. I don't know mm. why I did that. Mm-mm. Cisco um, had very quick moments of flipping his, you could kind of see his, not his crazy, but I'm going to use his crazy coming out. Like in the last episode, it was, um, if you can't deal with this, if you can't deal by the rules, I'll find somebody else who can, what you said to Cisco. Right. Just turn it on real quick. Yeah. And then in this episode where Kira goes over his head to an admiral, mm-hmm. which is Leonard Nimoy's wife, by the way. Oh, uh, ah, yeah. Nice. And he said, he did that whole smile thing where he's oh, like. Oh, where he's like, you didn't, you, yeah, I found out from the admiral. Yeah, I, you go over my head again, yeah. I have yours on a platter. Yeah. You see that little twist where you can turn that on i think avery brooks does that great by the way he does and that's different from the other series right people didn't go over picard's head no nope. people didn't go over kirk's head nope um so it was an interesting thing to see Picard, how... if you want if uh, she went over kirk's head he would have slept with her right exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly but that's a, a different element to this series right that you didn't have yet right and to see how he dealt with it wasn't to throw a temper tantrum or really just remind him of the chain of command yeah. and put them in their place. Yep. Yep. You know, I'll give you one mistake, but I'm not going to give you two. All right. Like, I'll give you one. So. So, you know, one thing we didn't talk about on the last episode, which we're going back a little bit. Yeah. It overtly does the Star Trek thing where they talk about, you know, he doesn't belong here. He's a foreigner and he's about race an issue, essentially. Yeah, xenophobia. Xenophobia. Yeah. And so that was interesting. I just kind of, that kind of came back in my head. So. Yeah, it's almost like Star Trek tries to speak to relevant issues in our time. In 2020. In 2020. Sadly. Well, it's also, I know, that is that is sad, but it's also a reminder to me of how much Star Trek has fallen because I don't think you see that in the newer series. No, I agree. I, it's all Flash. Even the, it's Bic- more, it's all Star- the Picard it's more... series is the same way. Like, there's just not... It's more, more Star Wars than Star Trek. It is. It doesn't speak to social issues, which is why people love Star Trek. They can understand it in a way. You know, it's one thing to tell people you should be respectful of people of all cultures in our world now, right? Oh, that's what you say, right? Yeah. But if you see it on TV and you play it out in a sense where you're like, why is he being such a jerk to that guy just because he has a different face? So using that different face is a way they could talk about the xenophobia and make it relevant to people oh, yeah. today. Oh, yeah. yeah. So... But yeah, that was a, a really good point, and it's a point the series kind of focuses on throughout, right? I mean, it, xenophobia constantly comes up. Yeah, especially with the Dominion. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the founders don't like anybody. Yeah, well, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, people in this country right now. Right. Hey, oh. Uh, too soon? Uh, the, the, you know, the, yeah, too soon. The, the one other big thing I wanted to talk about is um, Kira and her interactions with, uh, what's his name again? The, the uh, Tanalos. Tanalos. Um, the whole idea of, like, that she still thought she was being a freedom fighter, and here's Tanalos saying, no, you're not, you're a politician now. Yeah, you've, you've sold so, out. Yeah, you sold out, because she wasn't going around killing people and right. fighting and blowing things up. It's a, it's an interesting, you know, perspective. I mean, it's, 
Yeah, I mean, I could see how that, that could happen, and there could be disagreement there. Right. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and it's like if you're in the thick of it all day, every day, and then you run into Kira, who's on the station comfy, not having to run for her life, there'd probably be a bit of resentment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and a government he doesn't recognize. Right. And the established the provisional government is has its own issues, its own detractors, and it's a very much... You know, it always seems like there's a, a civil war about to happen in one way, shape, or form. Which is no different than right now, right? When you see provisional governments come into play in countries, there are always train wrecks, whether it be Afghanistan or Iraq or Absolutely. all these other places. They, because they're supposed to be a transitional government, right? They're not They're not supposed to be the permanent thing. Yeah, and they do a decent job of Kira saying that uh, basically along the lines of, should she still be fighting? Yeah. Did she sell out? So it's it's an interesting dilemma for the character, for yeah. Kira as well. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, and that's one element that I really liked. You know, they, they they spent the first couple episodes building up Kira as this this um, this BA, right? Who right. just walks around and... Uh, sure of herself. Yeah, sure of herself. And now here she is by her own, being questioned by her own people. Yeah, and, um, they, and they go into it and they, they establish her and Odo again because she goes to him for advice. Right. Without for pretense, he doesn't yeah. understand how human pretense, right. and and he, she just uses him, and he talks to her, and that's when they get Cisco involved. Right, which is so now that's fascinating too, because these last two episodes had Kira siding against her own people, the Bajorans. Right, right. The first one, the the last episode was because of the murder. Right, and this one is because of him. Yeah. Um and that's really fascinating. It's it's. Like they're trying to make a point of showing her as an outsider in her own people with her own people. Yeah, you know she's she doesn't have a place in the provisional government. She doesn't have a place with the extremist elements of of like where is where is her place? She wants the best for Bajor, and at this point she thought it was one thing, and you know she wrestles with that decision. Yeah, yeah. She understands the federations as a means to an end, but at the same time, all this other guy Tanalo sees it as another Cardassia. Yeah, so Could be. yeah, I get it. But overall, pretty pretty strong episode. I a thought. strong a strong episode. Um, I would probably still rank emissary above this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, second one, the second episode that we or the first episode we covered here today, I'd rank that as last place. Obviously, you want to do star so. ratings for this at some point? We should probably do that, or like out of ten, out yeah. of ten. I think out of ten is better because like. I feel like too many episodes would either have to be like a four out of five or a two out of five. I think a three out of five is a cop out. Okay. Yeah. Because so, it's all right, a lot all right. of gray area. Let's quickly backtrack them. We got Emissary. Okay. I'm going to give that one an eight out of ten. Okay. That's kind of what I was thinking, actually. Eight out of ten. All right. Uh, second episode was Man Alone. Yes. Uh, oh. See, I don't want to give it a five. Because that, that's like a 50%. That's like a 50%. But it was very weak. I'll give it a... I'll get 5.5. I'm going to give ah. it a 55%. And then I'm going to give a past prologue. Yep. I'm going to give that one a... Oh, gosh. See, the star thing's tough. Eight. I'm going to give it a... Hot. No, same with Emissary. Same with Emissary. That's, that's the trap you fall into when I you know, do stars. It's the same... Okay, what do you got? What do you... See, 
Okay, everybody, this is, or every, uh, if anybody's even listening to this. <laughs> everybody, all one of you. Uh, all us, the two of us, <laughs> 10 years down the line. Um, this is where I'm going to struggle, because my, uh, so I got Emissary 8, I wrote down Man Alone as 6, and I wrote down um, Past Prologue as 7. So that's where I struggle, because Man Alone was such a quality difference with Past Prologue. So for one to get a 6 and one to get a 7... But here, that doesn't feel like enough of a gap. Well, yeah, it doesn't. So. But a D minus, there's a big difference between a D minus and a C plus, right? Yeah. In grades. So, yeah. like, you could... See, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to do the 5.5 thing. I don't think I'm going to do a half. I I'm going to do halves. I, ha- I have to do halves. I said I don't think. You don't... That, yeah. It damn might, well could change. 5.12 yeah, on this episode. <laughs> well, yeah. 9.99997. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I... I it's tough for me because I, I know future episodes and I'm kind of thinking where I would number those and to rank it the same as Emissary is not fair to that future episode and then to name one that was good, a seven, which I thought was better than past prologue. So I'm going to struggle with this. So okay. this is my first instinct. I'm going to change this stuff later. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. You didn't give your number for past prologue though. Yeah, I did. What was it? Eight. 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 Damn, same as Emissary, all right. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what started this whole argument. Oh, uh, there we go. We gotta we gotta shoot with the ranking. Four concussions. I I, I forget things. <laughs> yeah, that happens. Head happens. injury. All right, Man we're at, we're at fifty minutes, so I Let's think I think up. we're good to wrap it up. Yep. I think no one wants to hear us talk anymore. Uh, we'll see. You're what, assuming people are listening. <laughs> yeah, all all one of you. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed us today. We'll be back. Like again. and refer to your friend. Yeah, please <laughs> do. You know, we we need the likes. We yeah. need it. We need the attention. Your validation is what keeps exactly. us going. We're going to self-detrimental humor the entire time. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. All right, guys. Have a good day. All right.